Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. Uh, This week we are talking about pets and whether or not there isn't a too much, whether too many pets is a thing. The reason why we're talking about this today is because I had a, a client recently and they've got uh, five cats who all live inside and a dog and they have had more pet, pets in the past and so they have been sort of decreasing. Um, now, they love their animals very, very much, uh, which is why they have them, um, but they actually have found it really hard to manage them and it's really affected their health. It's affected the health of their home, the odour of their home, the hygiene, all that kind of stuff, the complexity of their lives and their well-being in general, and they are, they're aware of that. They recently actually suggested to me or told me that they were thinking about getting another dog and I was quite alarmed because I knew about all the negative aspects of the current pets that they had and I thought maybe this is a a podcast topic. Uh, Is it possible to have too many pets and can they become clutter? And when Beck said to me, I was thinking about doing an episode on pets possibly being clutter, we both went, ooh, this could be controversial. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. There's that. So many of my clients have squilling animals and I'm sure they're like, you know, no, 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 there's no such thing as too many. But yeah. I think it's worth us talking about because as an out, from an outside perspective, I can definitely see uh, that there are some negative aspects to having Pets, pets in general, regardless of the number, but the, those negative aspects increase with the number of animals, I think. Yeah, so I guess it's kind of the aim of the show today then to talk around how you might figure out if you've got too many pets, you know, mm. when the number of pets you have becomes too many. We'll yeah. try, maybe we'll try and not refer to them as clutter. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're too <laughs> we cute to be again. clutter. <laughs> They are. Um, but yeah, and also then if you, if you're already aware that your uh, preference for acquiring pets might be problematic, we'll probably, we'll, we'll also try and give you some tips on recognizing it and, and maybe, um, what's the word? Quelling the desire to acquire more cats and dogs and rats and rabbits and birds. Mm. Possibly. That's it. Well, so. Let's talk first about why we have them. I know why I have a pet. Why do you have a pet, Beck? Because everyone else made me. <laughs> That's not true. I do. I do like my pet. But honestly, I don't. I haven't chosen to acquire any of the animals that we have. So Mick can't live without a dog. Uh, it's just his thing. So we always have a dog. And the kids have acquired um, one has a rabbit. The other one has a lizard. And so we have three pets um, and Mick has his fish pond as well. So I'm not the pet person in our house. But that said, uh, if cats weren't off the table, like because Mick puts cats off the table, they're like, no, that's not <laughs> an option in our house. Doesn't like cats. I may have a cat and I used to have a cat in the past. So, But I know why people love pets because it's the same reason I love the ones that we have, even though I didn't actively seek them out myself there's a great thing about having 
someone that loves you unconditionally I think there's that mm. it's that unconditional love and that companionship and you also there's there's a great great deal of health benefits to having pets we sort of didn't really do much research on that it just occurred to me that we didn't but we all know what they are we know that it um that pets are used as therapy and all things like that so there's these wonderful things about having pets so yeah there's lots of lots of reasons why we we love them but i think maybe the company and that unconditional love might be, you know at the top of the list yeah look my we were always planning to have, we've had my husband and i have had dogs before we had kids and then when we moved back from the UK, we promised our girls that we would get them another dog. And I love that you have put in the notes back for our kids to learn responsibility and then in brackets a big ha with a couple of exclamation <laughs> points like as if. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. I, I honestly think my kids have learnt they're not, they're not fully responsible. They don't pay the vet bills, that's for sure. But... <laughs> They they are the only ones that feed our dog at home. They have to do the poo scoop, and there was a whole lot of kind mm. of ground rules laid down that if we get a dog, this is this is the deal, and they will happily walk him and that kind of thing. And for us, it was pretty traumatic, really, to leave him in Australia when we mm. came here. But the nice I was, when part I was is, writing this, I was actually thinking you're going to be a little bit more pro dog just because you miss him. <laughs> yeah, massively. <laughs> yeah, but the the bonus is. He's having a little holiday at my mother-in-law's house and has provided her with the companionship mm. and all of that that I think she didn't know she wanted. And now the <sighs> issue will be taking him away from taking her. Him. Yeah, that, you might have be to a show. We'll do a show on that in like a yeah, year's time. I think you just have to turn up with a puppy <laughs> and say, yeah, yeah swap, swap. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll, de- um, we'll declutter that old one. He can come with us and, and here's a new, a new one. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is a, a one of the reasons people do get pets is to help their children learn responsibility. And, you know, Zoe looks after her lizard completely independently. She pays for all his food. She's paid for all his equipment. She looks after him. She does everything. Um, the other day when our power went out, I babysat him down my top because his lamps weren't on <laughs> for wow, a couple of hours. Wow, that's devotion. <laughs> which was, oh, well, it was locked down. It was freezing cold. I just went to bed with a with a lizard down my top and stayed there for two hours. So it wasn't really hard on me. And Zoe said he didn't have to really. Like he could have gone back in his enclosure. Um, he would have just gone to sleep. But um, so sometimes I will help her with something, but my, she's, you know, completely independent with him. However, we also have a rabbit and I have started charging Ethan money whenever I do something for the rabbit that I have already asked him 27 times to do. It, it would die if it wasn't for me. So he has not, he's learned what he has to do, but he doesn't remember to do it. And so uh, I've just given up and now I just tell him, oh, I just took $5 out of your account because I had to change your rabbit litter. <laughs> he, he doesn't like it. I've tried to go for what his currency is. He doesn't like it. Um, and I don't know if it's made, it had, from the state of the litter in the water bowl this morning, he hasn't, it hasn't really motivated him all that much. So it works for some and it doesn't work for others. Mm, Absolutely. I know a lot of people as well feel a really strong pull to acquire animals because they want to help them, the ones that are in Mm. need, the ones that need rescuing. And there would be so many stories out there of people that didn't intentionally acquire a pet or pets but either um, 
someone, friends or family have moved or have got sick and are unable to look after them and they've taken them on um, or there's been a situation where they, they've seen an animal in need and, um, and rescued it. And I think that's, that can be a huge motivator for people. Mm, definitely. And then there's just, you know, the, the fun of it. It's just fun to have pets. It's, it's fun to have, um, the novelty of it and all of the things that come with various different pets. And there's obviously different pets have different, um, things about them that are fun or new or interesting that would be sort of a part of it as well and and they're just so darn cute you just it's kind of like especially baby animals you get Mm. this because we are in our makeup it we are we have a tendency to want to care for small cute vulnerable things and that obviously is to help us make sure we look after our babies when they're born Mm -hmm. but we want to do the same with animals and so we have this need to um, nurture things and I think that's another reason we have pets too. Mm. So if we get so much joy and warm fuzzies out of having one pet can we not multiply it by 10 if we have 10 (laughs) do we get 10 times the warm fuzzies? We can but again that's why this episode is all about there is a point at which the tables turn on you. Mm. So let's get into when is the number of pets you've got considered too many? What are some of the signs that you might Mm. have too many pets in your care? Uh, So one of them would be when you can't afford their health care. So I think think that's a really big one because if you can't afford the health care, you're either going to end up in debt or the animal's going to end up unwell and neither of those situations are ideal. So if you can't afford their health care, um, you know, keeping them de-sexed, um, f- budgets of like food, <laughs> like having them de-sexed, uh, grooming, boarding, food, medication, all that kind of stuff, uh, if you can't afford that, then you might have more pets uh, than is helpful for you. Yeah, and... Beyond that, having the the space for them as well, if you don't have the ability to provide your pets with shelter, um, with enough space to uh, get around, to sleep and to be Mm -hmm. healthy in, and not just them but you as well, like if you have so many pets that they're encroaching on your space so you can no longer be healthy in the space or they can't be healthy in the space, then that's... That could be a bit of a red flag. Yeah, and it they take up not just space, but they take up a lot of time. Mm. The more pets you have, the more time you spend with them. And there is, again, a point at which you absolutely don't mind that time investment. You know, that's it's worth it. But then there is a point at which that time investment becomes more than what you have available in your pool of time in a day or in a week or in a month and then other things start to get put aside um, so because you are too busy managing all of the things. Um, so like one one example is uh, my I have a client who feeds a, uh, between 14 and 17 cats and she's 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 doing a really She's doing a responsible thing in that she's been like capturing them and having them dissect. So that's really good. So the numbers aren't going up very rapidly, although they're still um, a- a- appearing from other sources, but at least hers all aren't breeding, you know, within mm-hmm. each other. But she's disabled and she has probably about six to eight 
hours a day available to her to um, get everything done that she needs to do. Not Maybe not even that. And her animals would take up at least or the cats would take up at least three of those hours. And so then she has other household things to manage. She has all of her health stuff. And being disabled, everything that she does takes about three times as long as it takes anyone else. So that's like half her time. Half her time is taken up dealing with the feeding of the cats and the management of their waste. <laughs> and so that is a, an unworkable solution at the moment, or an unworkable situation because all of the things that she should be, um, that she needs to be doing for other things like her health, her welfare aren't getting done. And so she's sort of getting into trouble that way. So that's just an example of when the amount of time you have to spend managing your animals becomes so much that you stop looking after yourself. Yeah, that's right. And quite often someone suffers. So it's either you or it's them. Um, yeah. So if or it's someone else in the family, like, like kids or, you know, someone else. Yeah. And it can, it can be a gradual thing where you start compromising the welfare of your animals, you know, just like, oh, they, they might not get a walk every day. It goes to every other day because we don't have a time, enough time today. And then it might be that, their litter boxes aren't being emptied quite as frequently and then, um, you know, they're not getting their their regular vet checks and it, it's like it's a slippery slope and then, you know, all of a sudden the environment's unsafe or they're not getting the enrichment activities which can then lead to them being more destructive and mm. and all of a sudden you turn around and think, okay, you know, it's, it's all too much, it's on top of me and I, I can't mm. cope with this. So... Um, yeah, I think that whole just management, the the time involved mm. in looking after them, um, yep. and it's exponential. Yep. You can't, you know, maybe mm. going from one dog to two dogs is not a huge, huge jump, especially if they eat the same food and they, you know, go yeah. to the groomers the same week of the month or whatever. Um, but the more animals you get and the more diverse the animals, potentially your workload is just going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, they do take up a lot of work. And and many people will say, "Oh, I don't mind the work." And that's fine. And there'll be but there will be a point at which one at one day or there'll be a number of animals at which you do start minding and then it's too late. <laughs> like mm. it's just too late. Uh, and that's probably another reason for this this episode I think is also like a preventative thing so that you can s- catch it before it becomes too much. Mm. Uh, and what before because the one thing that pet lovers will not do is let go of their pets. Pets, And so if you've gotten to a point where there's too many, a lot of people will say, but I'm not getting rid of them. And mm. so it's better to prevent this happening in the first place than have to go through that. Yeah, absolutely. So another indication that you might have too, too many pets is if your local council gets involved uh, or your landlord mm gets involved mm. and says that there's too many or there's too much mess or there's an odour or something or other uh, and they tell you that you need to stop or you ne- need to get rid of them. That that happens quite frequently too. Mm. Yeah, definitely. There are, I mean, it doesn't matter where you live, you're probably going to be required by law to have a certain number of animals or have certain restrictions around the animals obviously if you're in suburbia it's different to being in the country but even then in country areas there are still limits on certain animals and and things like that yeah and minimum requirements for 
managing these those animals. Like you're not, mm. even if you have plenty of space and plenty of money, you're not. Um, it's not a free for all. There's still yeah. there's still restrictions yeah. around treatment That's of right. animals and that kind of thing. Yeah. The other thing that we haven't really touched on is how the animals relate to each other. So, you know, lots of animals are pack animals like dogs. And if you, you know, increase the volume of dogs that you've got, then you create more complex pack dynamics between them and potentially create behavioural issues because they might not get on or they've got to establish their, mm. their pack order again. And even if you add cats to a house with dogs, if you add bunnies to a house with cats, you know, um, mm. we are looking, uh, hoping, I've only been hoping for about 20 years, uh, to get some chickens when we mm. go back to Australia. And we were already talking about the dog-chicken relationship and how mm. we're going to manage that. But that's the thing. The more you add in. Um, yeah, the, the more there the, is to think about. Yeah, and the more time-consuming. And even just, even if it's not output of, you know, managing behaviours, it's thinking about it. It's the thought that goes into how this is going to work and how you're going to solve issues as well. It can be heavy to deal with. So I guess there's not so much just a single number. We can't say five is fine but ten is too many or eight is the magical number of pets and you can't go beyond that. If you've got the ability to love them, to manage them, care for them, finance um, their care and the desire, I guess, to keep an amount of pets and you can do it in a healthy environment, I wouldn't let a particular number stop you unless it's come from some kind of legal standpoint or a jurisdiction mm. regulations and things like that. Base it on your yeah. ability to be a responsible pet owner and self-owner, so meet their needs and meet your needs. Yeah, and that's the thing. There has to be some balance, otherwise something suffers. And like you said, either the animals suffer or you do uh, or the other people that live around you do. So mm. there has to be a balance at which you know that things aren't going to be too complex and that you can handle it. Um, I have a friend who moved into a house and the rabbit came with the house and the rabbit is ancient. <laughs> and um, they're co- they, they were quite happy to, to keep the rabbit and they, they love him, but they've got issues with their cats and the rabbit. And so there is a point and, and they're managing that okay. They've worked out a system, but it was just an example of how sometimes, you know, you can have these things that take up a large chunk of your time just little things like when we had two rabbits when we were stupid and we didn't get them to sex because they're both female we thought you know no need and obviously we hadn't done our research because when they both came of age they decided they hated each other and um couldn't be in the same spot and so we had to do all this juggling we had to get another hutch we then had to tag team so they only ever got outside time for half the time that they used to because they had to be separately mm-hmm. and it's just all this time and um my friends sort of found the same with with the with her cats and the rabbit they have to sort of make sure that someone's paying attention to where the cats are if the rabbit's out and vice versa and so you know there is um if we think about this, and a lot of times people don't actually sit down and analyse how much time the complexity of some of these things takes from them. Um, so that's sort of one of the things I wanted to highlight. There might be some people listening who think, you know, oh, she's talking about animal hoarding. No, like not necessarily that they're, they're not the same thing. I'm just talking about more than what is 
helpful and balanced for you. And that could even be, it could, again, the number is irrelevant, but it could be just going from, you know, two dogs and a cat to two dogs, a cat and a rabbit that could throw everything into disarray. Mm. So it could just be that one little change um, or getting a chicken or whatever. It could be just one thing. So it's worth thinking about all of these complexities before you do it. So you do go in well armed. Yeah. I found um, a really interesting thread online. Someone had posted um, something. I've got five no, it wasn't rabbits. I've got five cats and I'm looking at adding a couple more. How many is too many? And then there was a joke of like, at what point do I become the crazy cat lady? <laughs> and this thread was really interesting because people saying, oh, you know, I've got five dogs and two guinea pigs and four pet rats. And, you know, I don't think there's ever too many as long as you can. And the theme was always as long as you can care for them, pay mm-hmm. for them, you know, entertain them, you know what I mean, give them an enrichment activities, that kind of thing. Mm. And then there was um, someone's answer was, for me right now, one is too many because mm. I've changed jobs and I am no longer meeting my dog's needs and I'm torn because I should be able to handle a dog but I can't and I don't know how to let it go. And I was just like, mm. this is fascinating because that's it. For some people, one pet is too much mm. given their circumstance. Um, and it's not a weakness, it's just the way it is because of what's yeah. going on in your life. And for others, five, not a not a problem. And then there were other people had posted saying, my husband and I have chosen fur babies over human babies. Mm. So for us, it's been a lot of financial planning about how many can we afford. I guess like people talk about how many kids should we have? Yeah. How many can we send to college? How long are we, you know, when do we have to upgrade the car and upgrade the house because we can't <laughs> yeah. fit more in? They had these conversations about their pets and yeah, how many they were really wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was a fascinating thread. If I can find, um, if I can find where I read find it. Find it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, I'll pop it in the community group. But yeah, it was, um, it was interesting that for some people, one, one is too yeah. many. And I think, and that's, I guess that's the, my whole point is that for some people, well, for everybody, there is a number that is too many and working out what that is, is, is really good for you, basically. So if we're going to be uh, preventative or proactive about not getting more pets than we can handle, what can we do back? Where should we start focusing our attention to manage the number of pets in our house? Um, one of, I guess probably it's similar to managing belongings, although pet lovers wouldn't like me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but bear with me. Um, and that is is throwing ourselves into the ones that we have to scratch that itch of wanting a new pet because I know and I've got many, many clients who love their animals and are, are frequently, you know, wanting to get more. And I think if you can find a way to to throw yourself into caring for the ones that you have to scratch that itch and being grateful for the ones that you have, that might just temper that need to acquire more a little bit. Mm. And if you've got that desire for more or for extra or you want to bring more animals and cuteness and warm fuzzies into your life, there's there's opportunities to do that without having them live with you. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of organisations you can go and volunteer with. Um, you can, I mean, Potentially, if you're looking at bringing another 
let's say, dog into your house. You could work with the foster care program where you bring a dog home for a week or for a month before placement, those kind of things. That way you kind of try before you buy and see how you handle having an, an extra pet. Um, mm. and, and there's options to get your hands on animals and, and get the cuddles and get the mm. gorgeousness without incurring all of the extra burden that goes with them. Yeah, yeah. So my daughter volunteers at a animal rescue. So that's one of the ways that she, you know, cause she, she would, she would have all of the animals. I, I can just imagine her in 20 years time with a big property and, you know, hundreds of animals, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, with a, a cow and, you know, all these stray pe- things that she's rescued around the traps. But, um, so yeah, she gets, she gets that need fulfilled by, um, by working at the animal rescue and feeding the animals and caring for them in that way. Yeah, we just did, um, we just went on a family holiday and did a farm stay because my girls love cats, but my husband is allergic to them. And Mm. so one of the deals we made with them is that occasionally we would stay somewhere. uh, They, I mean, my youngest loves a goat or two. I've said we will never get a pet goat. But so we've done farm stay holidays before and they're amazing. So this one had a couple of ponies, cow, six or seven dogs um there was a handful of cats but two really friendly ones who stayed outside the house so my husband was fine and mm. the kids could spend the afternoon hanging out on the porch with the cats and it scratched that itch for all of us we all had mm. some really like seven days of hands-on goat chicken cat dog horse time and yeah. then we left the farm and left all the animals yeah. and all the mess behind us and it was great um yeah. but there are ways i think sometimes you just got to think outside the box yeah yeah i agree um we had a goat when i was growing up did you so I, yeah we had a pet goat her name was cinnamon she was beautiful oh she was lovely she used to just she'd stand she i just my i was pretty young but my memory of her is of her she had, we had a pen and right in the middle of her pen was like a little shed that she slept in and she would be always standing on top of that shed <laughs> looking <laughs> over the fence she was always on top of on top of things uh, i also remember her being at the back door i don't remember her coming inside but i do remember her trotting around outside in the backyard uh, a fair amount so yeah oh cute <laughs> so if you think there is an itch that is unscratchable if you've got a really deep seated desire for that unconditional love and you find yourself acquiring more pets than you think you can possibly handle, it might be an indication that it could be good to talk to someone or seek some kind of alternative therapy to manage that desire in a healthy way. And if mm. you you know, find yourself then in a position where you can take on more pets, that's fine. But I think you know some of these desires for additional pets can come from a background of wanting to be loved and wanting to be needed Mm, and there might be more that needs to be um, kind of dug out and discussed and kind of torn apart a little bit just to understand where that needs coming from and you might find that through the process of that it unravels this need for animals you Mm. find a you find a different solution yeah and also one of the things that you can do as well is keep a track of how much money you spend on your animals. And then if you're thinking about getting another one, add to that and see, you know, how much is it going to actually cost you in 
money, um, how much time is it going to take you, how much effort, how much space. So actually remind yourself of all of the costs, space, time, money, effort that it takes to have animals and just remind yourself of that so that if you're wanting to acquire beyond what is helpful, that might be a little bit of a clue for you or a bit of a reminder for you before you do it. I guess the last point we could make too is to not put yourself in a position where you're enticed by acquiring more animals. So if you are finding yourself lured in by gorgeous pictures online, maybe don't join the groups, the cute animals for sale in your area group or follow (laughs) accounts that have got gorgeous pictures of of puppies all over them. Um, Don't go into the pet store and look at all the animals in the cages. Like just try and a bit like if you're trying to avoid impulse shopping for household items you Mm. try and steer clear of those things unless you've you've got a list so if you don't have pets on your list as a intentional item to acquire then um try and keep out of their way so you're not sucked in yeah so i guess what what we're saying is that it's pets are wonderful but there is a point at which they can become or the volume of them can become unhelpful for you. And so this episode wasn't about bagging pets. <laughs> we love our pets. Uh, but it is just a little bit of a – I just wanted it to be, I don't know, a reminder, I guess, to think intentionally about pet acquisition because they ca- it can be another thing that can add complexity to your life that can, can make your life then um, a little bit less happy or a little bit less healthy than what it could otherwise be. Yeah, and it turns something that is potentially wonderful Mm. uh, and beautiful in your life to something that is less than. And um, if you can avoid that, then that that would be really great. So I think this conversation will definitely continue. I would love to hear what the people in our community think about pets, how many they've got, if they've ever found themselves in a position where they feel like they've got too many or if they have a number in their head that might be too many for them, please come and join us in our Facebook community this week to have a chat, and we will be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazzino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com. Mm.